after a narrow escape from the labyrinth of Inuriot, beneath the monasteries and mountains of the Mazkin, the party suffered a great loss. Lerots, Kalnies, and Ephron gave their lives in order to destroy the aspect known as the Bogrot of Inuriot. At the conclusion of their battle with the Bogrot's heart and Ephron's self-sacrifice, Val and Rolandir were able to transport the party back to Bastion, the outskirts of the city, where Lerotza's inn still stood, snow drifting down around them, the sun somewhere above, hiding in an overcast sky. The time is yours now, to do as you wish. The inn, it seems, is quiet, dark, unattended. There aren't any footsteps in the snow around you. It doesn't look like anyone's been here in, well, since you all were. Val is currently laying on the ground, sobbing in a fetal position. Rolander is standing just kind of in a dazed shock. He sees the snow, he sees the inn, he sees the fetal position crying Val, but isn't really feeling anything. He's kind of just standing there for now. Snow falling, darkness around him. Mick kind of starts walking into the distance, into the forest, and says, I'll, I'll be back, and starts to walk off, and finds a place, a rock, that he can sit down and just kind of process everything that's been going on. You, you make it a good little ways away from the inn. So not too hard to just pick your way through the forest, find a small grove nestled somewhere in these woods behind the inn, and set yourself down on a snow-covered stone. So Mick, seeing that he is far from the others, starts to just look at the snow and kind of just contemplate what happened with the Fron. And as he's looking down, he starts to cry and a solitary tear goes down his cheek. But as he's thinking about everything that happened and losing his friend, who is probably the oldest friend that he's had from the group, he sits there and he remembers his magical rapier. So he takes out his rapier and starts to starts to hold the rapier in his hands and he sees a memory uh, flash before his eyes. And he's taken back to the time where they were in the Kinlands and they were at Val's estate. And in this particular moment, he sees a memory of the three of them, Mick, Ifran, and Brunier in uh, the kitchen well, actually, Brunier is in the living room, passed out on the floor, probably from being too tired from our performances. <laughs> and so it's just Ifran and Mick in the kitchen. And Mick has his feet up on the table and is just playing his loop, just kind of relaxing right there. And Ifran's coming to the table. And as he does so, Mick goes, Ifran, do you ever miss the days of us being in the children of Oriel? I do. I think of those days sometimes. Things were much simpler, much easier. Hmm. Yes, perhaps it would be nice to return to something similar. Though I have a feeling that our days associated with the children of Oriel are behind us. Oh, I can remember some missions that we were on. It seems simple now, but I remember at the time they're bigger than anything I had ever done in my life. I wish we could go back there. Don't you, buddy? Yes, I do. I miss it. The planning, perhaps a little deception, infiltrating who knows where. 
It was much more of an adventure. Something to be enjoyed between companions. What was the name of that fellow? We uh, we were at his estate about two years ago. You know the one I'm speaking of, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the very large man. Very large. And his beard. His beard came down to the floor. Ah. <sighs> What was his name? Something with an M. Um, mm. Mishran? Ah, uh, no, no. Did any matter? Mr. M, we, we can call him. Yes, Mr. M. Ah, that was with fun days, weren't they? Mm, those were fun days. Do you remember? He used to he used to snap his fingers at all of his servants. Say, hey, come here, you. And yes, I remember that. And one day he mistook me for one of his servants. Right? And I had no choice but to comply or else put the mission at risk. Yes. Do you remember? I believe you performed for him as well to gain his trust. Yes, I do remember it. I remember the song I sang, in fact. He loved that song, didn't he? Mm, yes, he did. So unfortunate when we had to cut our losses and take his gold and leave. Huh. Yes, quite unfortunate for for him and for uh, well, no, mostly for him. <laughs> but yes, it was it was fun. It was something else. It was different. It was so light-hearted. Yes, exactly. Perhaps it was because you were there the whole time. I remember you used to always play your lute in the middle of the street, even. Oh, and I would shake my head. I would be embarrassed. I pretended not to know you, but. Oh. I remember that. And you know what I would do? I would yell back to you and say, Ephron, this way. <laughs> ah, yes. Those were the days. But uh, I'm afraid now I cannot pretend not to know you. I think uh, everybody here knows we are quite well acquainted. Yes, I do believe. It's been kind of hard over these last couple of months. Hmm. I think it's been difficult to, to connect or really process everything that's been going on. It's been quite nice, just the three of us here. It has been. It has been a nice respite from all of the the monsters and the gods and all of this and that, everything that's keeping us from living normal lives. Have you kept up with your music? Have you written anything new lately? I hear you and Brynjir are out performing. Well, you know me, but I like to keep that close to the chest. Perhaps um, I'll play you some later tonight. Oh, that would be nice. Perhaps when Brynir has picked himself off the floor, he is quite tired, quite tired indeed from his uh, performance, I'm assuming. Yes, his vocals need to recuperate. I made him some lemon tea. But you know, Ephron, through this all, although it's been dangerous and it's been way over my head, let's just say that, that's how I feel. I feel that, you know, if there's one person, part of the children of Oriel, that I would want to spend this with, it would be you. And I don't usually say that to people. Trust me. <laughs> if there were anybody in the children of Oriel or anybody at all, I am glad that you are the person that I am with. Along with Brynir, of course. Oh, yes, of course, Brynir. It is nice here. I wish it could always be like this. Not a care in the world, eating somebody else's food, drinking somebody else's wine. There is something romantic about it. No cares in the world. No worries. I would not mind if the others took their time in getting here. So long as they do get here eventually. I'm right there with you. Perhaps we'll retire here or something. Settle down after our adventures. 
Yes, it is nice. And from the looks of it, Val's family is quite well off. So perhaps Val could throw us a bone and uh, provide a bit of lodging or something. My thoughts exactly. Well, we'll make sure to let Val know when he gets here. And Efron gives Mick a little wink. And that moment where Efron winks, it's sort of caught in a freeze frame as the world starts to lose color and then slowly transitions back into the snow-swept forests all around you. The rapier still glistening a bit in your lap. And at this point, Mick is left by himself and begins to weep. Finally composing himself from what's been going on around him slightly more after reading the final words that Efron has left him in the letter. It's actually fallen out of his hands. While Rolandier has been in a bit of a mental stupor of sorts, he bends down, he picks the letter up, and he just kind of stuffs it into his side satchel. And he looks, he sees Val on the ground. He didn't really notice Mick walking off even. He just doesn't see him. What's Brynjir doing? Uh, He's sitting on the ground a little ways away from Val. You see that he has taken off his weapons and he's just kind of sitting there. Seeing Brynir kind of removing his equipment and sitting down, Rolandier walks over to where they both are and he looks down at Brynir and Val and he looks up at the door and he just says, Brynir, would you help me get Val inside? We all need our own time, but we shouldn't have to be outside. And he reaches down and tries to, if Val doesn't put up any sort of resistance, help Val, at least to his feet, or if nothing else, he's just going to like try to pick him up with Brynir's assistance. <laughs> There's definitely resistance. I think the second he touches Val, Val like scrambles backwards as if burned and just gets to his feet like an absolute mess just snot and tears like almost to the point of like sobbing himself sick and just scrambling backwards says do not touch me and Verlander kind of puts his hands up in a relenting motion alright alright how many more how many more people do we have to lose I don't know I I don't care anymore what happens to me. I have sacrificed more than I have ever thought would be asked of me. But I will not sacrifice any more of you. It's too high a price. I understand. And Rolander just nods and he turns and he's going to walk into the inn. He's going to go find a quiet room to lay down in. As you enter the inn, Rolandier, the door, slightly ajar, is not locked. Walking inside, there seem to be cobwebs bundled in the corners. It's dark. Tables and chairs aren't in disarray, so to speak, but they're disorganized. The shelves seem to be mostly cleared out of anything edible or drinkable, and empty mugs lie on the floor or on the countertops. It's completely dark, other than the light coming in through the now open door and whatever windows are not shuttered. In other words, it seems that more time has passed here than you have been away for. I don't know if that would be blatantly apparent to Rolander walking in. He probably just thinks people had come in and used their space while they were gone in surprisingly fast order, <laughs> and he's still going to proceed upstairs to the uh, to the rooms. Unless there's anything 
of larger note that would stop him. No, there isn't. And that's what he does. <laughs> Outside, Val sort of collects himself in a very a tamping emotions down manner, like he's not okay. But he wipes his face off and he looks at Brynir and he says, Brynir? Yes. You are sworn to help the Godborn, correct? That is my fate. I want every last god dead at my feet. We can do that. Val will nod and walk inside. You are beholden to the same sight as Rolandir. I'll go to my old room, and if I can, I want to use intent to make the door disappear. You can. Okay. As you shut the door behind you, it's seams and cracks meld with the wall until it is simply solid wood. As Val went in, Brynir got up, retrieved his gear from the ground, and he makes his way to the back of the tavern where there's a kind of training dummy set up, and he throws his gear back down on the ground, and you can see a very deep sadness within himself, and You'll hear him swear, and then soon after it'll be followed by one of the names of the people, the members of the party that he lost and cared for, until he finally stops and collapses to the ground. And he's going to sit there for a long time. So a couple hours have passed, and Mick finally returns to the tavern, and the first person he sees is Brynir, and trying to put on a jolly face, Mick goes to Brynir and says... Brunier, my dear friend, how are you? You know, Mick, I wish I could say that I was better, but I don't think that I can do this right now. And then he kind of just starts to look at the ground. Mick's seen this, and it's very apparent that Brunier wants to be alone, returns to his old quarters, and sits there until the group reassembles. So as day drags on to night, the first night being back... Rolandir's in his quarters, Val's in his, Mick is in his, and is Brynir still in the parlor? Soon after his talk with Mick, he actually went inside to find something to drink, and is probably passed out on the floor there. It took some digging, but you were able to find something in the larder or in one of the storerooms that you could down. The place had been pretty thoroughly ransacked, it seems. And speaking of which, in the middle of the night, if Brynir is still, well, depending on his inebriation levels, you do hear a rustling sound as if someone were looking through one of the storerooms that may jolt one of you awake. I'm going to say that Brynir is not inebriated enough. He he wants to be a lot more, but there was not a lot of alcohol. <laughs> his tolerance is kind of high up there. He, he's just, he's going to get up and he's going to yell, Who's there? And then you hear another bit of rustling and then a clattering and a crash as like a stoneware mug or something breaks on the ground in one of the storerooms. And you hear a light curse and then a small human face pokes out of the storeroom in the minimal light that there is. You see frightened eyes, soft face, a little grungy, dirty, probably no older than 12. What's the matter, kid? What? Who are... This... I, I'm, I'm not stealing anything, I swear. I don't care about that. Was, Why are you here? I was just looking for something to eat. I don't know what there is here, but let's see what we can find you. And as you step toward them, they do 
kind of shirk behind the corner of the storeroom. And they're like, don't, don't come any closer. Do you want food or not, kid? Is this, this isn't your tavern, is it? No, it's not mine, but the old man that runs this place, he's a good friend of mine. They said an old Demlik man ran this place, um, but that was, that was a couple months ago at best. No one's, no one's been here. A couple of months ago, you say? Well, I don't know what to tell you about that. As you can see, I am Demlik. So, so it is you. You are the owner. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. Then I'll, I'll be on my way. I don't want to, I don't want to cause any trouble. I just, I didn't think anyone was here. And- Wait. You said you were looking for food. I don't know what there is, but I'm not going to turn you away. I don't have any money. Not going to lie. I don't have much funds myself. It does not matter. Let's see what we can find. The child seems a little less reluctant now as you approach again. And picking through the storeroom for a few minutes, you do find the beginnings of a meal. But again, hardly much of anything. Scraps of dried meats that are really on the edges of edibility. Here, take this. It's not much, but it's something. Now, where are you from? I'm I'm from Bastion. What are you doing all the way out here? Um, well... It's a long story, and I'm really cold. I I don't suppose you know how to make a fire or anything? Yes, yes, I know how to make one. Give me a moment. Continue to tell me your story while I do so. Well, uh, there was a, a man that was telling us urchin kids about an inn quite a ways south off the road, away from the city, that would, would give us food. And so we... We, we came here looking for that, and, well, when when I got here uh, a couple days ago, there wasn't anyone here. It was all gone, and I, I haven't seen any of my friends since then. I don't know if they came or not. I mean, I was stupid to believe that there was such a place, but maybe they weren't, and they didn't believe the rumors. Where did you meet this man? He was a stranger, an, an older man. He, he didn't give us his name. He was kind. He <laughs> tossed us a few iron cuts and then said he was looking for someone. And and he was a <laughs> he was a mountain of a man, honestly. In fact, he he almost spoke a little like you. Not not really Demlik. Maybe an erotic accent. I I I don't know. He wanted to meet with the 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 owner. He said if we could come here and you know, ask for food that the owner would come and give it to us, and then we would just go back to Bastion and tell him that we'd we'd spoken to the owner, that he was here. But well, like I said, I don't I haven't seen any of my friends come down and well, I obviously haven't gone back. But he may still be waiting. If if so, I think then if if you're the owner, I, I think he was looking for for you. Alright, kid. Why well, don't you stay in one of these rooms for tonight and we'll go see if this this man is back. You mean like in a in a real bed? Yes, in a real bed. And here, and you see Brynir reach into his pockets to find what little money he had. And uh, he actually is quite a little bit surprised as there's a little bit extra that he was unaware of that turns out a frond slipped into his pouch. And he, he just, you see him think to himself, ah, that damned frond. That's going to be our deus ex machina from now on. <laughs> we ever need Efron anything. Left it for me. <laughs> Efron slipped a little something. 
<laughs> so then I realized, holy crap, Efron slipped a nuclear bomb into my backpack before he died. <laughs> <laughs> that cheeky old man. <laughs> and Brynir hands over a few caps. The boy just looks at the, the copper money and he's like, this is this is more than I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you. And he gives you a big hug. Brynir just taps him on the head and starts to lead him upstairs. <laughs> we all we all sit in our rooms for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> As Brynir sets the boy down to bed and retires back himself, the night carries on uneventfully. When morning does come, if Brynir cares to check, he would find the door to the boy's room open and the boy gone. A set of small tracks lead outside the inn and then up the northern road. Waking and walking down to the main room. Is that where Brynir was sleeping, kind of, or was he... He did manage to go to his bed. But if you're looking for him now, he's actually outside again, hitting stuff. Then Rylander hears some motion from outside and he walks out and sees Brynir there. I... Swear I heard something that sounded a lot smaller than any of us moving around this morning. What was that, Brynja? Did you see it? Perhaps an animal got in? No, it was a child. Ah. And what what came of that? Uh, stowaway, someone stealing from, I guess, what's left of Lerotz's place? Yes, he was trying to get some food, and I did end up giving him what little I could find. But he was just a young lad. At least someone was able to find better happenstance than they were in before last night. As for Val, I don't quite know what's going to become of him. It scares me, honestly, the amount of trauma that that poor boy's gone through. But Unfortunately, I don't think it will be the last he faces. But I must tell you something as Brynir decides to stop his drills and turn to Reese, er, to Rolandier. <laughs> the young lad, he told me of a large man who was looking for the Demlik owner of this place. He must have meant the roads, but I have no idea why anyone in Bastion would be looking for him. And this boy, that's what he told you? That there was a large man asking after Lerotz? Yeah. Well, I, for one, do not wish to spend too much time here at this inn called Bad Memories or Good Memories that I don't wish to dwell on right now, but that might be a good lead for us to at least do something today. I, for one, could certainly benefit from just a bit of walking, but not all of us need to go, of course. We can see how everyone's doing. I haven't seen Mick, actually, since we all arrived last night. Perhaps he uh, eventually came inside. I'm going to go check on the others. And at this moment, Mick comes down from his quarters and says, Good morning to you all. I trust that you slept well. A lot happened yesterday, hmm? Are you saying that to the empty bar room? <laughs> Wait, where the crap are you guys? Oh, are outside. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> They're outside. My bad. <laughs> Maybe you didn't know that we were outside. You just said that and you're like, I, oh. I don't even look around or meet your, like, to look at your faces. So I am just talking to no one in the bar <laughs> <laughs> so Mick, upon realizing that nobody's in the bar, goes, ah, 
well, that wouldn't be a first for me. And then goes outside and meets with Landir and Brynir. <laughs> ah, hello, gentlemen. How are we today? Um, all right, I suppose. You seem chipper, as always. Well, you just answered it for yourself. What are you talking about? Ah, Brynir was just telling me about a boy he found scurrying about last night in the inn. But regardless of what happened there, it sounds like there was a man asking after Lerotz in Bastion. I very much would like to see who was asking after him. So I plan at least to go into Bastion today to see if I can seek this man out. And Brynir, I don't know if this lad has returned to Bastion, but perhaps if you were to accompany me and we saw him, uh, that would be helpful. Well, I was already planning on going there anyway. This large man is intriguing. I don't know. The the business concerning who I assume is Lerotz is intriguing. Large man? Hmm. I better come with. <laughs> yes, I, I do hope everyone will come, but perhaps we should all go back and sit inside. I think we all need to discuss at least our path forward from here after everything that's happened. Um, have either of you seen Val this morning? I'm pretty sure he sealed his room shut. But I've been up for a while, so I have no idea. I didn't see him either. Actually, I couldn't even find his door. All right. Well, let's head back inside and we'll see if we can't get him to come downstairs. I understand he needs his time. We all do, after what happened. But I do think it's better we figure this out sooner rather than later. And Rolandier goes to enter the inn once more. Mick falls. Brynir does too, almost reluctantly, as he was in the midst of training. <laughs> is is he shirtless currently? <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> Gotta do his stretches. Well, if you, if you saw his miniature, you would know that he wears like a, a nice thin white shirt and whatnot. And yes, so that, that comes down wanna... the chest quite far. <laughs> yeah. he, the deep V. Yep. <laughs> Beads of sweat drip down his chiseled body. His toned abs functioning as a washboard for his discarded shirt. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Right. Oh, as everyone does go back into the inn, or into the tavern, let's get an update on Val. Yeah. Oh, I have a question first. Would I have if I chose not to sleep? Uh, would I have had enough time to cast Simulacrum again? Yes. Okay. Um, then Val will emerge from his room. Uh, if I can unintent the door and get back out, at least. <laughs> yes. It's a pretty trivial task. Yeah, I, I would hope so at this point. <laughs> okay, Val will emerge from his room with Ice Val once again. And also, he has taken the time to fabricate uh, from his bedsheet, but it is now black, uh, like a cloak for himself that goes all the way to the ground. Um, that he's wearing the hood up on, not like over his face, but sort of that elven way, you know, when they just sort of nicely drape onto the shoulders. Um, nice and moody. Yes, nice and <laughs> nice and moody. And on the back um, in Mazic, so in like a big circular stamp, is a story of everyone that has died up until this point. Wow. And so Val just comes down the stairs with Ice Val in tow in this flowing black <laughs> cape. Yes, with, with silver magic death words written on the back. Freaking metal. <laughs> yeah, jeez. 
Rolandier's eyes kind of go somewhat wide at the sight of this and looks over at Brynir and Mick, just making sure that like they're seeing the same thing. And then he turns back to Val. Good morning. Good morning. I trust you're ready to do something then. I am ready to fight. That is my job as the godborn of a goddess of war, is it not? Val, wh- why don't we all sit down for a bit? I think we need to just plan our next steps from here. Val will wordlessly move by <laughs> Rolandir to go sit at a table, and Ice Val will stand behind him. As uh, Rolandir talks to Val, you know, Val, I I normally would agree, but I I think Rolandir is right. We need to plan our next course of action, but there will be a, another time to fight. Val will nod at Brynir and say, Zin, let us plan. All right. Obviously, I don't think any amount of time that we could spend sitting and waiting here is going to do us or anyone else here any good. The people we've lost, we've all said it ourselves, they were family. And we decided at this very table, actually, what we were going to do. And we decided that was beyond any of our own personal desires. We made the choice. And I, for one, am kind of sick of being manipulated and turned and twisted in every way by whoever these gods are that claim to be ruling over this land. It it may well be that there are some good gods and perhaps some evil gods even among them. But much more, I think they're just, well, in some ways, they share a lot of the same desires as mortals and many of the same faults. And I don't know what rights or privileges that gives them but eventually i feel that the lot of them should be gone val smiles this very sort of terrifying smile particularly given that he has sharp teeth <laughs> <laughs> and he says i am ever so glad that i do not have to convince you myself then returning a smile to the rest of them relandier just glances at them all and says well then who's next And with that, the door slams open, causing you all to stir or jump, looking that way, as a severed head, larger than life, comes rolling across the parlor and stops just at your feet. This disgustingly grotesque face of a malformed kin in some sort of strange metal helmet, a huge imposing shadow standing in the doorway. The large shadowy figure takes a step forward, simply says, It's been a while, Reese. 